Well, uh, I want to mention some of our sponsors that help provide this. Uh, we have a new sponsor, Jeff Shipley, who's uh, running for a uh, uh, house seat in uh, Van Buren, Jefferson, in the southern half of Henry County. We have Helena Hayes, who's running uh, for uh, she's running for Keokuk County, uh, half of Mahaska County, in the northern tier of Jefferson County. And uh, they both want you to know that they support high school football and uh, They'll work hard for you if you give them an opportunity. Well, uh, Washington Discount Tires, uh, Beyond Beautiful Benches, uh, Helmut Ford of Sigourney, Iowa, Smithburg Auto Sales of Fairfield, Iowa, Elsie's Kitchen.net, uh, John Bain, who has a book called Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On, Hinshaw, Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, Jefferson County Realty, Jeff Alexander. Thanks, you guys, for listening. We're on Patreon now, so we have merch. If you want to help become one of our supporters, we'll send you a coffee mug or a T-shirt or something. Uh, get in. We've got three items in there on, on, uh, on our merch store on Patreon. So thanks a lot for listening, and we'll bring you the scores coming right up. Welcome back to Run Guard Radio, and it's a Saturday morning scoreboard show with, with – uh, Scotty Melvin, welcome to the program, Scotty. Good morning, Dave. How we doing? We're doing pretty great. Uh, we're doing pretty great. So, uh, uh, gosh, it was the night of the long knives, wasn't it? I think so, boy. We saw the, uh, the cream rising to the top last night in a big way. <laughs> there weren't too many competitive games to talk about, whether you're talking southeast Iowa or anywhere in the state. Yeah, it was... Uh... I don't know what the deal was. There were some matchups that would lead you to believe that they were going to be close games. Yeah, for sure. And it seemed like in those games, uh, some of the teams that we suspect were really loaded uh, put it on display last night, and then there were a bunch of mismatches as well. And uh, those teams, uh, they put that on display because, you know, we're, we're late enough in the season now. You're tuning up for playoffs. Yeah, uh, and the, that, that, that was apparent. That teams were, you know, the teams that are wanting to go to the playoffs were uh, wanting to put up points on the board to get them to the playoffs. You know, I mean, they and they weren't taking no chances, and they're all in playoff mode. And uh, but uh, I guess we should just start out with the game that you were at and all the action, and mention that you were a halftime guest on the on the Wildcat cast, and. Uh, went really good and you got a lot of positive feedback about round that radio from what i understand yeah we had a, a great friday night uh waco was on the road uh liz usually likes to go to waco games with me she's not too interested in any team that isn't waco <laughs> so i said hey if you gotta see a, if you want to see a team that is exciting to watch besides a waco or, or a winfield in our area columbus is the one and we know people over there and everything. So she said, all right, I'll go. So we, we went over, beautiful weather. Um, it's homecoming. We knew that North Mahaska was probably overmatched coming into the game. And and as I just said, it was on display very early. Um, although I will give North Mahaska credit. They, they made um, Columbus work at it to get that first touchdown. And then after that, the route kind of started to pour on. Um, and I don't have any stats, almost no stats have been put into varsity bound for anybody yet this morning. But uh, I do know Caden Amagon finished with five touchdowns. Um, we did get to see a touchdown pass thrown. Jeffrey Hoback pulled off that nice little play action fake, rolled out, hit his brother Trent for a touchdown pass, a short one. So you're going to have to give Coach Leckwes some, some grief about throwing the ball. <laughs> but uh, 
they pulled off the 71 to 14 homecoming victory. Everybody got to play. It was great. After the game, we, we got to run up, say congrats to Raul and his son, Caden Amagon, who, you know, I said I had five touchdowns. I got to meet the uh, Zappian's boys, uh, both, uh, Itai and Markel. I got their names right. I hope. And, uh, Markel, he, uh, he's the boisterous one of the two. And when I introduced myself, he, he knew who I was. And he picked me up off the ground, gave me a big old bear hug. And just a joy to be around that team. Well, uh, I'm, you might be able to take credit for that touchdown because uh, I told him specifically that Scotty Melvin says that uh, uh, you guys play action pass is going to surprise and be very effective. And he says that's the, that's the one pass that you guys can really – get a lot out of and uh three weeks later he did it he did it you know it's funny it was really uh, hilarious and uh, you know i don't mean any disrespect towards the north mahaska or any of the teams that are overmatched but when you've got a, a school like columbus that runs the ball so well and they're ripping off 10 to 15 yards per carry or more it's almost merciful for them to throw the ball because that's a little bit more of an adventure, uh, not so sure you're going to complete the pass or, or make a good play type of thing because they just don't do it. But, you know, the, it was a night where if you listen to, to uh, Bob and I chatting there at halftime on their uh, Wildcat cast, that the Columbus, cause even when it went wrong, it went right for them last night. I mean, the sun was shining on the Wildcats last night, and uh, they, they had a big win for homecoming. Um They've got a road game, and then they're back home at, uh, against Alburnett in two weeks. That is a game that they probably don't want to talk about yet, but I'm telling you, that's a collision course for the district championship in, in that Class A district. Well, we're going to have to get to that one, or at least I'm going to try to get to that one. I will be there. I told them I'll be there. Uh, Bob said, come back to the to the press box if, if you're coming to the game, and, and we'll do it again at halftime. I said, you better believe that I enjoyed that. Uh, Bob and Eli let me come up there like that and, and hang out for a while was was just a ton of fun. Well, me, Gina, and Leo were watching or listening to it. Did we have all the other sounds off of the games? I just listened to that. I thought you did a great job. And uh, you, you moved uh, the podcast forward, and I have to appreciate that. But uh, is there anything else you want to talk about the game? I mean, well, like I said, I don't have a ton of stats. Uh, Tristan Miller was real impressive. Um, uh, punt returns, they were they were trying to kind of keep it away from him. They angled it to the sideline, but sometimes that ball died in the grass, and and you could see it in his eyes. He wanted to return the, and put on some some uh, highlight reel stuff, and he gave us some thrills with some returns last night. Had some great runs. I don't know if he got in the end zone last night. Riley Kaleberg got in the end zone last night. I believe that Cole Storm did as well. Um, Gabe Zuniga was just lights out with the PATs. The, the offensive line was lights out. They were lights out on defense. I mentioned the Zappians boys. Um, you got Julian Jimenez or Jimenez on the offensive line that does a great job. Um, Russell Coyle, Bryce Grimm, they do great. Russell is a beast on defensive line. I, I, I'm telling you right now that we got we are loaded with defensive linemen in Southeast Iowa this year, and I would put Russell at the top of the list. That's about all I got for that one until we see the stats come out. So, well, let's just start running through some other scores. Uh, um, where, where do you want to start? Well, I, I, my list is kind of a mishmash here. Uh, I didn't didn't get it in any kind of real order. So, going right down my list, one of the big ones last night was that West Branch Durant matchup, which is out of our area, but of major interest to everyone in the state. 
and West Branch put the hammer on them, forty-nine to thirteen. What did you think about that? I was, uh, I, I thought that uh, Nolan DeLong would uh, do what he normally does. You know, I mean, I I, I would have thought that they, they could have got on the board a little bit more, but what are you gonna do? You know, it just it just shows me, you know, that teams like West Branch and and Williamsburg. They look like state champions to me, and yeah. you know, and West Branch plays good teams all the time, and you know, teams that undefeated or five and one or whatever don't make any difference. Just rip off their head, and yeah, um, they they just are tough across the board. Durant, I think, um, is also very good. I think they still will do well into the playoffs, at least for a couple of rounds. Um, depending on how, you know, things seed out. But the problem with having a, a guy like Nolan DeLong with is, um, you know, your, your success seems to kind of hinge on him. Is I, I, when we see the stats, I won't be surprised if he has well over 100 yards or maybe close to 200. But uh, a team like West Branch is real good at scheming and uh, bending some against a, a talent like that and not letting them in the end zone. And I know he got in at least once last night with a nice long run. But, you know, 13 is not going to get it done against West Branch. And, uh, you know, that was the case last night. Well, Fairfield, how about the, how about the Trojans? And I, I know West Branch and Notre Dame's depleted, but 53-7, to seven, uh, boy, they um, didn't struggle on offense last night, did they? No, and I was glad to see them break out. And uh, maybe they're, they're, they found a way somehow to uh, – you know, like I said, I don't know the stats or anything, but uh, we hadn't had any breakout performances as an offense this season. Yeah. Well, I guess Mount Pleasant, they broke out a little bit there, but uh, um, all I'm say is uh, congratulations. If your offense can put points on the board with that defense, you ought to be able to win a lot of games. Yeah, they're in a three-way tie right now in that district, and that's all going to get sorted out big time in the next three weeks. But uh, they're set up well. I think we'd already talked about it uh, with them uh, with their win last week. That that uh, really propels them into the conversation. Yeah, you know, we we we. I think we also feel Solon's the leader, but uh, that number two spot, possibly the number one spot, still wide open. Um, and Fairfield's way into the mix on it, so good for them. Well, they still put themselves in a position, you know, they still got, see, I I was realizing, I was talking to Andy and uh, realized that uh, the two A's, the A, the one A's, the A's, the eight-man football, they all end a week earlier than, than, uh, so when they're in the playoffs, there'll be regular season games for the big schools, so. Yeah, it's kind of cool that that tweet came about a, what, uh, a year ago or what have you when they went to this 5A system and uh, the smaller schools get the uh, one less regular season game but a, a more expanded playoff system. And that, I think it, I think it's working out pretty good. I like this tweet. It's, yeah, uh, a lot of teams in the smaller schools make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Maybe twice as many teams as in them other ones or maybe more of that because hardly anyone gets to the playoffs in, in the, the bigger schools. You really I mean, the state leaves the option open for these teams to that either don't make the playoffs to get a ninth game if they wish. I don't know how many take uh, take the opportunity and do that, but it's there. So you're not shorted, you know, if uh, if you want your full nine games. But getting in the playoffs, it's a it's a real rough deal. Only Burlington did it last year. 
Yeah, it's it's tough to get there, and then when you get there, you know, it's tough to advance because there's no more cupcake games. There's no more. There's nothing you can circle on the calendar from that point on. Where you're like, okay, we got that one. You know, you cannot look ahead. <laughs> the playoffs are the real deal. Well, let's keep it moving. We have a lot right. of scores to get to. Yeah, we do. Wapalo, fifty-five to thirty over Highland. Um, Expected Highland to lose the game, but didn't expect them to put up that many points. Maybe they got something working finally offensively. Well, uh, they, they, they put up some points. I think they put up like 28 or something last week, too. But, uh, yeah, they've kind of had a steady improvement from week to week. Uh, their defense still giving up tons of points. But, you know, it's brand-new coaching staff. Um, it's their first year with them. So, you know, they are some improvement. Well, they up and down this year, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one. You know, they they uh, they just keep themselves in the picture, don't they? Yeah, they're still alive. Um, but man, you're right. They, they they'll put up a ton of points one week, get held down the next, give up a ton of points themselves, play good defense the next. It's it's really hard to gauge the Indians this year. Mm-hmm. Well. So I got uh, the, the Big North Scott Burlington matchup here. Uh, you talked to those great uh, radio guys for uh, Burlington yesterday, and that was maybe one of my favorite interviews of the year that you got. Those guys were great. Um, and I, this is not unexpected. The Lancers win 46-7. Um, Burlington still very much alive for a playoff spot. We knew they had these uh, tough games coming against North Scott and uh, Iowa City Liberty. They finish with uh, Fort Madison. Fort Madison has those games coming as well. So Burlington and Fort Madison will probably be battling for that last playoff spot in the district uh, last week of the season. So that's setting up to be pretty exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a big game. Uh, Burlington probably have to win that to get there in, unless a miracle happens. But there were well, no miracles last night. Quite honestly, I believe it'll be a must-win for both Fort Madison and West Burlington, or I'm sorry, and Burlington, simply because I don't think either one of them can handle North Scott or Iowa City Liberty. Well, so I, I have. I just want to yeah. say, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we have experienced a lot of growth in a few places, yeah. and uh, Indianola for some reason, you know, although we've been covering Southeast Rome, and that's that's a team that they they follow there, uh, yeah. but uh, Cedar Rapids. Uh, once Matt Meek started talking Iowa City scores and stuff like that, uh, uh, we had a huge growth in Cedar Rapids too. But then uh, yesterday uh, I checked and uh, Burlington had exploded to be our number one audience, literally like 11% or 13% of the whole thing. So we gained over a thousand listeners there. Maybe uh, Scott Mason and uh, Coach Flaherty had uh and folks to tune in. I don't know. I tweeted it out, you know, tagged the, uh, the Burlington AD Twitter account. I don't know how many folks follow that, but, uh, you know, the Burlington's, like you guys were talking about, they've had a resurgence, not just in football, but, but in all things sports down there, and it's kind of put them back on the map. They had state run in basketball last year, some great athletes that are actually coming out to play, and and, uh, yeah, they got some things going, and I'm sure folks are interested. Well, I, I'm sure there is a huge interest in football the last couple of years in Burlington, you know, as the, the teams have been so good. And after, you know, kind of struggling for a long time, uh, uh, so it's, you know, like a Columbus, you know, where it's resurgent and, and uh, everybody's uh, uh, on the bubble. But I, I, I don't know what you think about this. Uh, I think there's just some places, some towns where podcasts are very popular, you know. 
That could be too. Yeah. And I, I, I like to think that once they discover our podcast, that there's a lot for them. And if they like Southeast Iowa, there's a whole lot for them. And, uh, uh, but uh, whatever we're doing, we're doing it right. We're doing it well. I mean, geez, we're, we'll have over 2,500 people by the end of the day, I'm thinking. Yeah. 12,000, yeah. I mean, 12,500 total listeners. I don't know about you, but I find myself, and you're, you've got your command center set up there, so you are able to get eyes on a lot of games that way. I like to go attend the games. I think that adds, uh, you know, when, when they hear your voice on the podcast talking about the team or whatever, it probably adds a little bit of something to, to show up in person at the game and support, you know, the players and the coaches and everything and be in the community. And, but, man, you, you're one, a couple of guys, we can't get to every game, and I feel kind of guilty that I don't get to see a Burlington or Fairfield or, or Sigourney. I haven't even been to Sigourney and Kyoto game yet this year, you know, and, and uh, it's just the way it's worked out, but we do what we can. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I like that. You know, as I was thinking about, you know, if I'm here at the command center and I'm watching for, I got four different uh, TVs and devices that I can watch games on, and then I can flip them around and see as many as I can. But I got you at the games. I got Ryan Timmerman at the games. I got Andy, yeah. Andy and Hunter at the games. You know, I mean, so it's a good. It's good to have those perspectives. You know, and and we got Matt Meeks at games. So we got guys at games. You know, that can give us that. And uh, I feel like it's a pretty good situation. Although I've been to a few games too. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I will say that uh, you know one of the things I love about going to Columbus, they have Wi-Fi, man. And so I. I I queue up games on my phone, and I was watching some Waco last night. I watched some of Fort Madison's game last night, and then there were breaks in the game, and then when the, you know when uh, the game got out of hand, and I didn't have to pay as close of attention to it in the second half. Um, Listen to Washington's game on the way home, Mount Pleasant's game on the way home. So you know, um, I, yeah, I watched some of Sigourney Kyoto's game as well on Thunder Country's site, which uh, was a real treat because they do that so well. Uh, yeah. yeah, we do what we can, and it's nice well, you know, maybe we should both be there to the thing. Do there's any? I don't know how much room they got in the press box or anything, but uh, I could set up my command center there, and we could uh, do some get some more live information out during the games and stuff. So sure, uh, uh, I, you know, if you can use your connections, I heard you, I hear you're a pretty popular fellow over there. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, Bob is, uh, you know, you've got a community full, Bob and Eli, they're, they're poster boys for this, a community full of people in Columbus are excited as can be to have football back over there. Because like Coach Leckowitz had said, Bob said it to me last night, Columbus is a wrestling community, but they are also a football community. And the fans were out in droves last night. I mean, it was packed. It was, uh, you know, Liz went to get get a, a, a walk and taco. I don't know. It wasn't halftime, so it wasn't like the mad rush. It was in the second quarter while play was happening, you know, and it took her probably 20 minutes to get through the line, if, if not more. So, uh, yeah, talk to Bob. We'll talk to Bob, see what he says if you want to come and, and uh, whatnot. Well, you're popular everywhere. I mean, every you know, you, you, you talk passionately and positively about their kids. Who's not going to like that? Well, I think that's the only way to represent these kids, even even the ones that are on teams that haven't won a game. You know, they're still out there putting them. So I liken it to being on stage. You know, it's a, it's a hard thing to do, especially when you're not winning. And uh, Well, you're a Highland Huskies team that's, uh, you know, had a terribly, uh, maybe the toughest schedule in the state so far, but uh, – they're yeah, still, they're still out there getting on the field and doing what they can, and and, and they're improving. So it, it's everybody. 
we're talking football, but I don't care if it's football, I don't care if it's the girls' volleyball, uh, you know, the boys and the girls' sports, especially the local community should be out supporting the kids if they can get there, uh, you know, on these evenings that they're putting themselves out there to represent their community and their school. And uh, I, I, I like supporting it, even if it isn't the community I live in. So well, let's get back to the schools. All right. Enough speech. Uh, <laughs> Waco, 42, Lone Tree 17 last night. Uh, I, I watched that. That was a, was that not a tougher game for Waco than you had anticipated? All I can say is I was impressed with Lone Tree. They're yeah, tough very close. Uh, they got a lot of a nice little plays. They, they're deceptive. Uh, they do a lot of things that surprise you. Uh, they hit hard. They run hard. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm almost about to say the Lone Tree may have given, you know, it was one of the tougher games, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, it was not, it was not during question or anything, but uh, Lone Tree, you know, my hat's off to you. You went up against, uh, you know, a giant in the state, and uh, I thought they played pretty well. You know, I thought they did. Uh, I thought they were scrappy and tough and hit hard and, and ran good plays. And uh, their old neighbor coaches, my guy, the guy coaching me used to live right across the street from him. And I'm, I'm a big Donovan, Joe Donovan fan. So, well, Tree, you know, you know, I, I think that they are, uh, they're, they're probably having a great season too. I think they've got a good shot at making playoffs, but I, you know, I, I think it'll be an outside looking in this year, honestly. And it's just a testament to how tough it is. Well, they'll have to try and, and shoot for one of them uh, wild card spots or, or at-large bids. But uh, With, you know, uh, we always talk, we talk about Iowa Valley. We talk about New London. We talk about Waco. We talk about Winfield. But uh, I'm ready to talk about uh, Lone Tree as, as another – I mean, geez. Uh, Lone Tree could win other, other conferences, you know. That's how good they are. Their fifth team could win some of these conferences or finish the top two. Yeah, for sure a playoff team in any other district in the state. I have no doubt about that. Uh, they've got a potent pass game, a real good quarterback. They hit two long ones on Waco last night. Uh, but, you know, on Waco's side, they did what they do. They scored way more points than the other team, even if it didn't happen in an onslaught. And uh, they held the team that they played to less than 21 points in eight-man. So... You know, hats off to both teams. I think there's a lot uh, positive to take away from this, uh, no matter. I think Simeon may have found his shoes or his cleats. Yeah, uh, did he, you see it? a big game, it looked like. Did, I didn't see it, but uh, when uh, Lone Tree had kind of closed the gap a bit, um, Simeon ripped off a 71-yarder. Right? I mean, yeah, they scored one time, I think, and then uh, he either took the kickoff back or, or almost immediately scored and, you know, took the wind out of their sails a little. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the Waco thing there. They uh, they can pull that off at any given moment. I also saw that uh, Isaac Oswald had a nice pass um, to Ty Igley, who I've been talking up a bunch lately just because I feel like he's been kind of overlooked, uh, as several of the players have been. But uh, So, yeah, the usual suspects, man, they, they get it done. Um, but hats off to Lone Tree, like you said. They, they made him work for it. Yeah, well, Waco just controls the game. And they control this game from start to finish, too. I mean, they well, Waco doesn't feel like they need to put 80 points on the board to impress anybody. They Well, and and you know what? You and I both know that they could. Oh, they, they sure easily. could. 
Well, they could just they could just give the ball to Simeon every single time, and he would have the all the, the big stats and records. You know, I, I believe he should get the touchdown. Oh my golly, you know, yeah. I don't know anybody scoring more touchdowns than that kid. No, uh, I think I think he could have state records and rushing and yardage and touchdowns. And if they wanted to let him do it, and they wanted to beat teams down, they could. But uh, they, they let everybody get on the action. I'll tell you, it's going to be real important come playoff time. So they're doing it right. Yeah, they they play that team concept. Uh, they they aren't trying to, you know. I was just talking to to a round guy and uh, my friend Willie Farrell up there, and and we were talking about how uh, Aaron Judge bats or uh, uh, the Yankees are batting Aaron Judge. Aaron Boone's the manager. They they have yeah. Judge bat first, you know. Yeah. And then we were talking about how you know he bats first, and uh, but they had. Uh, Roger Maris, you know, who the guy's breaking the record, uh, uh, bat third, you know. And I said, yeah, that's because they were trying to win games, not hit 61 homers, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, but uh, I don't remember where I was going at that point. Well, there's two ways of doing things. You know, there's there's uh, going for stats and there's the wins being more important. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the way because they don't care about stats or records yeah. or none of that. They just want to win the game and, and, and just – do what they do, their scheme, you know. They just focus on what they do well, and that's why they win every game they played so far. Yeah, I, they've got so many bodies, and, and uh, why not get them all rotating and keep the legs fresh? It probably uh, helps keep them more injury-free than other teams might be dealing with. Uh, there's just all kinds of, of benefits to having these guys all bought into doing your job and not – griping if you're not getting playing time but doing what it what it takes to win as a team and that's that's way cool. I they're mean, on that level with west branch and williamsburg you know what i mean they're they're that kind of team they are this. yeah i mean there, there's literally 11 man teams around here i believe waco could take their eight and beat on a friday night uh, i am eight absolutely sure of it <laughs> uh, i don't think that's a stretch you just uh, can't get eight guys better than this and they've got like 12 that are you know, big-time contributors. Yeah, and, and I've said it before. You could take uh, their eight best players. You know, they we know what they are. You could take the next eight best players on the team after them, and you got a playoff team. So that's a nice problem to have. And I said that to uh, Bob last night about Columbus. I said, you know, you guys have got some depth, and that's a nice problem to have. Um, doesn't hurt a bit, especially in this sport. But like what you said, we're liking them to a, to a Waco-type team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, high praise, my friend. High praise. Yeah, no weaknesses, and uh, again, a nice problem. <laughs> well, I, I can move on if you'd like to one that we I think we both called, um, but uh, it ended up a little bit more lopsided than I thought it would. Minneapolis forty-two, Wilton twenty-one. Well, uh, I was nice to see Minneapolis bounce back from the West Branch game and. Uh, it's a game they probably uh, needed to win, and uh, you know, Meeple's that you know they're that kind of great team. You know, uh, I don't know if they're as great as, as West Branch, but uh, outside of that, I, I, they look like got a real good shot at, at second place in that uh, district, don't they? Yeah, I think they're uh, got a solid chance. I think uh, they showed West Branch more than Durant did, and you know you can't go off of scores. You know you can't go off of common opponents. We all fall victim to it. It's an easy thing as a fan to do to look at those those things and, and try to predict and think you know what's going on. <clears throat> the games are not played on paper, but 
I got some inside info on Mediapolis the week leading up to the West Branch game, and I don't mean this as any kind of a, an excuse or anything like that, but I heard that school was, uh, uh, they didn't have school some of the days that week, and some practices were wonky for Mediapolis. It wasn't a good week, let's put it that way, leading up to the West Branch game for the Bulldogs to prepare, and uh, I think if it had been a normal week, we might have seen a, a closer game, and uh I don't know, based on all that stuff, based on what happened last night, I do think Minneapolis is now my pick to, to move into that second spot behind West Branch in the district. Now, they still have to play Durant to prove that, but I would really love to see Minneapolis and West Branch meet up in the playoffs. Man. I, think, I, I think the Minneapolis-Durant game is going to be what we thought the, the Durant-West uh, Branch game was going to be. You know what I mean? It's going to be that really great game. And, I, uh, I agree. I think it's going to be marquee. Man. That's another town that, you know, 6% of our audience is in Minneapolis. You know, I mean, they, they, they love, they're, they're as in love with their team as Columbus is with their team. You know what I mean? This is a lot of, lot of pride in Southeast Iowa this year with all the football teams. And uh, we had some other results. Well, uh, you ready for another game? Yeah, you got one. Well, in the interest of time here, I think I will just read off three big uh, kind of scores here. Uh, the Southern Spartans, uh, 44, the Washington Demons, nothing. Uh, let's go to Tri-County, who was a, a winner in my book by fielding the team this week with all the devastating injuries they had. 60 to nothing, uh, beat by Winfield Mount Union, and... Uh, our good uh, friend Graham Beckman uh, uh, with the Liberty Light and went to Mount Pleasant and put sixty-eight, uh, put a sixty-eight to six win on the board. So, there's three uh, uh, big scores. Uh, you got any comments on any of those games? Not a ton. Um, there's not a lot to say about that kind of stuff. But uh, Matt Meikle fill us in more in detail about Graham's performance. But he did have six first down. Uh, I'm sorry, six first half touchdown passes. So, a big night for him. I don't care who you're playing. That kind of performance is big time. Well, he set the second half. And oh, yeah. he had five first-quarter touchdown passes. In the first Absolutely quarter. not shocked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else can you say? Well, uh, yeah. So, I guess moving on from that, well, you got another one or? Yeah, a couple more uh, big blowouts. This one had uh, kind of a marquee uh, feel to it, but we, we were worried that it would turn out this way. Uh, Williamsburg 56, Mid-Prairie 7, a battle of state-ranked teams vying for uh, basically probably the district championship in that one, possibly. Uh, Williamsburg's just a, a juggernaut. They're head and shoulders above everybody else around them, you know. Yeah. You know, Mid-Prairie could be the second-best team in that district and still be that far behind Williamsburg. Yeah. Uh, is, you know, I don't know if you had the, the four state champions from the last four years together for a tournament, I still might pick uh, Williamsburg. What do you think? Well, you know, mid Prairie, I think they're good enough. They can challenge for a district title and maybe several other two, a districts around, but uh, Williamsburg is, I'm not, I'm not willing to go out and call anybody a state champion at this point because there's other parts of the state that you, we don't know enough about until they start sorting it out in the playoffs. But from this area or, 
you know, the teams we know about, they've got as good a shot as any. If I'm looking at the list of teams on this paper, all these scores, there's, you know, a handful that stand out, and they're probably top of the list. Uh, uh, we good ones. We got really good ones. We got good. Yeah. We got we got we got uh, solid teams. We got good teams, and we got great teams. Well, well, uh, here's another blowout. We don't spend a lot of time on Atoma. This one's in our favor. Fifty-four. See Rapids Jefferson six on the road. Atoma gets it done. They've got what is that? Their fourth win. I think it's their third win, and I think are they three and three? I believe, yeah, I believe you're right. I think they're three and three now. Congratulations, Bulldogs. You know, uh, uh, the, uh, Atomo Radio Group always does a Facebook Live of Atomo, and for some reason, you know, I couldn't find it, or they didn't do it, you know. So I was struggling to find out much information, but when I did, they were up, I think it was 24 points at that time, and I said, ready to go, Atomo. Uh, Bulldogs, uh, con- uh, district win, and... Uh, uh, major performance of uh, like a Fairfield with a big offensive uh, blowout. You know things are going good. Uh, I know they have some really good, one really talented running back over there. So uh, I didn't see the game. Uh, all I seen was the score, uh, but uh, uh, that showed me a, a lot, and uh, uh, very very happy for him. I followed it on Twitter, so that's where I, I followed the right sports writer because the game uh, was played there at Cedar Rapids at historic Kingston Stadium, which I saw in person for the first time last weekend. And uh, congrats to Tomo going up there in a tough environment. I know Cedar Rapids Jefferson's in a major rebuild mode. They've got a, a former player coaching them now that also went on to play for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think he's going to get it turned around. But uh, Tomo's night last night, so uh, hats off to him. Sigourney Kyoto, we, you and I called this, running clock 56, Cardinal 3. Um, I don't know what else you can say about that game except Sigourney Kyoto continues to roll. Well, you got a team that's probably going to win their district against a team that hadn't won a game that was, uh, you know, you didn't have to be a genius to uh, yeah. know that that's going to be a lot for Cardinal to handle. Yeah, and they've, they've done well this year. And when you're a winless team trying to get your, your footing, uh, you're going up. Eventually, you're running up against a team like a Sigourney Kyoto or a Pella Christian, and this is going to happen. So that, that's what it was last night. But Cardinals just got to get back to work this week. Well, I've got one here. I think I'd give you uh, Lisbon, 49, peaking 6. That one surprised me a little bit. I wasn't surprised that Lisbon won. Uh, but after what Pekin did against Columbus a week ago, I thought maybe uh, this game would be closer. You know, uh, Pekin's doing great at home. You know, they like that home cooking. They like that home atmosphere. They like uh, all their fans uh, surrounding them. Uh, they, you know, they, they've either won uh, home games or played really well like they did against Columbus. Uh, uh, little road struggle, but uh, I, I wasn't – I mean, I'm, not, I'm Lisbon, uh, I thought, was a pretty great team from what I've seen, even in, in a big loss. Uh, I thought their offense was pretty good, and I uh, like the quarterback, and uh, I'm going to get get with their coach and talk to him this week. Good deal. They're, they're a neat program, a lot of history. That team is good. Uh, like I said, seeing them in person at Columbus, man, their offense was impressive. They ran up against a buzzsaw that night, but I'd said it, you know, if they get their defense cinched up, 
they are back on track, uh, you know, and going to be a, as good as last year. And here, you know, the last two weeks, they've really done it. Um, really had the team clicking and been holding the teams down on defense. So they're, they're on their way to the playoffs, I think. Well, here's my statement on, on Pekin, I guess. If you're going to – if Pekin's on your schedule, you better hope you don't have to gas up the bus. Because it's uh, it's rough over there in Packwood, and that that's uh, that speaks well for uh, what they're doing there. Because they're in year two of a, a rebuild themselves under a new coaching staff. They're winning some games. They're being competitive. Yeah, on the road they're not as good, but they're good at home. They're tough at home. There's a lot of things cooking over there that are that are going to come to a head in the next year or so. I have a feeling. Well, uh, here's the last one on my KCII list is the English Valley Bears 40, uh, HLV 34. Uh, uh, a good win for English Valley and uh, uh, HLV, you know, they got an opponent they could play with a little bit here and they, they stayed within one touchdown. So my hat's off to both of those teams. Yeah, they had their struggles. They played in the toughest district, uh, one of the toughest in the state uh, of any class. Um, and they're at the bottom. And HLV recently, I believe, got their first win. And now English Valley, I think that was their first win uh, last night. So uh, good for both of them. They've both been working hard. they both got some quality players. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're both off the side now. And I'm going to read this other score because it was also on that list. And I'm not for sure why. But Cedar Rapids uh, uh, Warrior, Washington Warriors, uh, mm-hmm. beat 27, Clear Creek of Mana 24. Uh, I'm, there was a... That was a game well worth seeing. Yeah, a close one. Uh, now, uh, what about this Iowa Valley uh, New London game? That was uh, uh, one we had our eye on. We did, and, and the only score update I got the entire night that I could find was the one you texted me. So I never did see how that ended up. Um, you got the final on that? Uh, Andy had it. You know, it was uh, 70 to. 30 or some something like that. It was a okay. 20 to 40 point win somewhere. It was uh, uh, all all New London. New London really bounced back from that game against Waco. Uh, they really that really surprised me that they beat them but just uh, by that much because uh, Iowa Valley is a great team, great team, you know. And uh, I always enjoy talking to their coach, and uh, you know he had. Uh, but he said something about, he says, look, I, he says, I want to, he summed up how athletic New London was. He says, yeah. they, won a, they, they won a state championship in baseball and track. He says, that, that's the kind of athletes that they have in New London. Man. Yeah. Yeah. They were shining. I know baseball had a big, big night. And uh, uh, Don Lopez is uh, does what Don Lopez does every time. Uh, they, they look like now, now they're probably set up to be number two, aren't they? Oh man, I'd have to go and look at the standings, but uh, I think as it shakes out, yeah, that that kind of may cinch the thing up for New London to be the number two team uh, with wins over Iowa Valley, uh, a win over uh, I believe they beat Lone Tree already, and I believe they I know they beat Winfield Mount Union because I was at that game. So yeah, that's that's kind of how it's looking. Well, here's the the Iowa the the varsity bound game of the week. Southeast Warren and Moravia goes to travels to Southeast Warren and uh, fifty to twenty two. Uh, Southeast Warren, War, the Warhawks beat the Mohawks, and uh, to hold that Moravia 
offense down to 22 points. Holy cow. Yeah, that that's the uh, the part of the game that shocked me. I'm not surprised that, that Southeast won one. I think they, you know, they're a more dangerous team. But um, Moravia only scoring 22. That, that surprises me. Yeah, because Moravia just scores so many points. Uh, but you know what? I'm really starting to see a lot of similarities between Southeast Warren and Waco. You know, they know, they know how to keep their team off the field. They know how to drive the ball. They know how to ground and pound. They also know how to throw, and they, they play great defense. Uh, Southeast Warren has, is undefeated since uh, week zero, and uh, this was the this is probably uh, was probably the, the game they really needed to get to get that championship. Yeah, and I think that's that puts them in the driver's seat firmly. Uh, I don't think they can be caught in that district. I'd have to look at their standings as well, but I think Moravia was really their only challenger. And you and I see what out of Southeast Horn, what Coach Eager saw week one, and we were there to see it too. I should say week zero. But this Southeast Horn team is really good, and they've only gotten better all season long. And he doesn't want to see them in the playoffs, but I've got news there's a good chance that we will see them in the playoffs um, down the road with whoever, most likely Waco. Well, it's going to be they're, they're going to be a tough opponent for whoever plays them. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw out one more score and then I'll shoot it back over to you. And this isn't something right. I would need to comment too much on, but our friends at uh, Martinsdale St. Mary's Blue Devils win uh, 64 to 44 over Mormon Trail. Good for them. Glad to hear it. Um, I expect to see them in the playoffs as well. Yeah. Got any more uh, scores? Or? Well, if, if we're, we've been talking a bunch of eight man, especially out of the area. The other marquee matchup in the state was that Rimson St. Mary's Newell Fonda matchup, uh, undefeated teams, I believe, that are in the same district as well. And uh, that one, not competitive. Rimson St. Mary's wins 61 to 13. Yeah. That is good to say that they're on the level of a Southeast Warren, a, a Waco. They're ranked number one for good reason in several polls. Um, be interested to see them in person if, the, if, if we get to that. Well, sooner or later, some of the big types are going to uh, trains are going to run into each other. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, one way or another, it's coming. Well, do you got any other? A uh... um, couple more blowouts here. Iowa City, Regina, 50. The Wise of Muscatine, zero. No, uh, nothing really to say about that. Fully expected. Centerville, 56. Eddieville, Blakesburg, Tremont, 27. Kind of surprised how many points Eddieville put up on Centerville there. I was, I'm agreeing with you. Um, I'm agreeing with you. Good. They, they've been, that Eddieville, Blakesburg team, Tremont, uh, they, they've been scrappy the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and I saw some of, uh, I think it was Jacob Lesendorf's video on this game. And, uh, you know, there were some highlights put up by Eddieville Blakesburg. They've got some players. They got some talent. They got some offensive weapons. So good for them. Maybe something. There's the game I, I watched, and I forgot we haven't even talked about it yet. And I was so happy and so excited about this. But our friends at Central Lee take down. Uh, they, they take down Davis County. You know, yeah, Davis County just been winning one scrappy little game after another. But uh, there was a point there when. Uh, uh, Davis County was up, and then uh, Central Lee put a put a touchdown in, kicked the extra point, got one point ahead, and from that point on, they just dominated the game. 
I can't quite remember what the final score is, but uh, I've got it here. Magic uh, simple lead to win this game. Um, I looked at last week's Davis County performance and thought, you know, there's a there's a there's a major path to a win for Central Lee here. I did not expect it to be this lopsided. Thirty-three to twelve was the final Hawks win, uh, big time. I, I hope you're able to talk to their coach again because I'd love to hear how exciting uh, that was for Central Lee and the, the team and their fans. He's he's number one on my list to talk to. I love that guy. Yeah, and they're gonna. Exactly. He's got a bell. The, a victory bell that they ring when they win. And he got an awful lot of best off of that this year. Uh, but they look really good, Scott. I mean, you would have loved them. You would have loved to see how when they got their motor running and they got things going their way and and uh, how happy and excited they were. I think that was a home game for them, too. I can't remember. Uh, I had it written down somewhere. But uh, but anyway, there was a good one. There was a... There was a uh, a real good uh, a game. I got a Baxter Bolt score here for us. Uh, okay. Uh, 63 for Baxter Bolt. Uh, Collins, Maxwell, Spartan, 16. Uh, the Baxter Bolts keep uh, rolling. They're, they're another team that uh, somebody could see in the playoffs. I don't think they've even lost yet. No, uh, I believe they're undefeated. Uh, the only thing I'll say for them, their coaches and fans may disagree, but I don't know that they've had the level of competition in the area they're in that some of these others have had. Not to take anything away from an undefeated season, that's uh, still a great accomplishment. I do think they will be trouble in the playoffs. Well, I did beat that BGM, and they were pretty good. Uh, yeah, right. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, uh, uh, according to Southeast Warren's coach, that, you know, nobody's got that kind of competition, you know. Uh, it's, it's not like that out there, but, you know, Baxter, St. Mary's, uh, Southeast Warren, Moravia, those teams are no joke. And the BGM too. So there's good teams out there too. Uh, Don Bosco, I think they're a highly rated team. Uh, 85 to 8 over GMG, whatever that is. Why don't you shoot out some more scores, Scott? All right, here's a, here's a big one, um, but, you know, just because it shocks me. I did not pick the Newton Cardinals to do real well in their district looking at the preview way back when because, you know, they lost so many players, including a dynamic quarterback, and, and here they are rolling undefeated in state ranks, and they beat Oskaloosa 56-10 to last night. I don't have any stats or anything on that, but I, did, you know, I didn't see Newton being this good. I did not see them throttling Oskaloosa that badly, um, but here we are. The Cardinals are on fire. Well, this is the first time I've seen this score. Uh, uh, I hadn't hadn't heard it, but it's a team I, I'm, I'm very impressed with. It's way up in the rankings. Uh, Linville Sully played the uh, Colfax Bingo. 58 to nothing. Linville Sully, uh, they're just a machine, and they are well-oiled and, and firing on all cylinders, and uh, so far, nobody's been able to touch them either. No, and I did. I don't have the final in front of me, but I saw Madrid blew out whoever they played. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Madrid, yeah, they, they pounded Madrid, and Madrid won. They were like sixty to eleven or something. I can't remember, but some some big win. Yeah. They, they had a real big win. Uh, uh, I got the Albanet score if you want it. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that one. How'd that go? Forty-four to nothing over North Cedar. Okay, so. Uh, Albert gets in there, you know. Wait, yeah, Madrid sixty-one to nothing over Wayne. Oh yeah, that was that was the score I'd seen. Yeah, yeah. They were... back to uh, the Albert game, you know, fully expected them to beat North Cedar like that. 
North Cedar's got some rebuilding to do and whatnot, but I follow their coach on Twitter, and he's great, and that community loves their, their football. They've got maybe the nicest grass field stadium in the state. I'm telling you, every time I see pictures of it, I'm just wow. I did talk to uh, the, the school secretary, and I uh, haven't heard back from him yet, but uh, sometimes these coaches are so busy it takes them long. I'll try to reach out again this week. Yep, and uh, that's to be expected. You know, we're in that time of year where uh, they may love to talk, but they may not have time. Well, here's a team that you were uh, talking about from day one, uh, East Buchanan Buccaneers, uh, 44, Bellevue 13. Yep. Uh, exactly. You got any of your scores you got? Or? I think I'm down to two here. I'm so all over the place trying to mark them off as we go. Uh, one of the competitive games of the night, didn't go the way I was hoping, but uh, Grinnell, 12, Keokuk, 6, and a nail-biter that went down to the wire. Uh, the Tigers really solidly pushing for playoff spot in that, in that district because with this win, that puts them in that three-way tie with Fairfield and Solon. Keokuk's kind of on the outside looking in now. Yeah, Keokuk just never could get the points on the board to right. win, win the big games. Here's a, a quick score of a, of a team uh, – uh, Van Meter, 42, uh, Nottaway Valley, nothing. Now, how about this? Uh, here's the score we should, we should, and this might be the next score you're going to bring up, but uh, Central Decatur, 48, Van Buren, nothing. Yeah, we kind of skipped right over that. Um, I, I want to tell you that I'm surprised by the score, and I am a little bit by how lopsided, but uh, it just kind of goes to show what we were suspecting about Central Decatur. I don't think Van Buren's completely out of it yet. Um, it would have been nice to have been a little more competitive. I think it's nice to get a win there. I don't think it's absolutely essential. I think they've done enough to be uh, uh, somewhere in the playoff picture, maybe. But uh, yeah. but what this tells me is this Central Decatur team. Uh, I need to start giving them more respect. What do you think? Well, we, I think more than you know, just you. I think there's a bunch of people that do, and we're uh, going to see them collide with Sigourney Kyoto here. I don't know if it's next week or the week after, but uh, a lot of a lot of questions are going to be answered when those two get together. Well, uh, Pella Christian here, I got a score on them, uh, 54 to against Pleasantville, 7. Uh, Pella, uh, I don't think they'll make the mistake of not putting enough points on the board again. What do you think? I don't think so either. Um you know, and they're probably a little angry now. I think they expected to win against Sigourney Kyoto this year. And, you know, I, I'm looking back at that game and last year's game, and I think Pella Christian's as good as anybody out there. I don't think their style of play matches up very well with Sigourney Kyoto's style. I think that's where the Cobras have the edge, man. They are so physical. And I know Pella Christian's got those big boys and stuff, but there's something about when they get into that – ground and pound battle with the, with the Cobras that just it just doesn't go well for them. So, uh, but, you know, they're going to take it out on the rest of the teams they play, I have a feeling. <laughs> and last night was uh, no exception. Well, you got another score for us? You know, I think I'm through my list. Wait, I've got one more. One more that doesn't have a, a dash by here that I did not talk about. We don't probably want to talk about it too much because we got a couple other guys that are going to want to speak to this. But Muscatine had a big win over Dubuque Hempstead last night, 42-31. to Ty Kozad went off in that game, set some records, and I'm going to leave it at that so those guys can tell us all about it. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to try to bring that up, too. I didn't know the final score, but I knew Muscatine won. Uh, 
Moving to the listeners that care about that. Uh, I got another uh, Muscatine-area team here that had a struggle. Uh, Regina uh, beats the rise of Muscatine 50 to nothing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, all the scores everybody wanted, but uh, we're doing our dangest here. Uh, Sheraton beat Albia 29 to 13. I watched some of that. Uh, you know, it's just uh, just a lot of a lot of blowouts. You know what I mean? That's just another another way to, to put it. But it was a uh, it was week six, and it is what it is, and it's in the books. And uh, we'll be uh, I'll still have. Uh, and if I didn't get your score to you, I'm still going to be talking to Jacob Linsendorf of KTVO today. I'm going to talk to uh, I'm going to talk to uh, uh, Matt Meek and Ryan Timmerman both. So we'll be getting to Iowa City Cedar Rapids area scores. We'll be getting the Muscatine area scores and reports on the games. And uh, this is about as good as we can do it, isn't it, Scott? I think so. We, you know, we started out only covering the area, and now we've expanded beyond that, and uh, it just uh, makes things more interesting. Of course, we also don't have all, uh, as many details as we'd like, but that's why we got our helpers, and they'll fill those gaps for us. And uh, I can't wait to hear from Ryan and Matt. And Jacob later. Yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, uh, like more of a statewide podcast than it has been just Southeast Iowa. We're, we're really growing uh, uh, beyond there. And we got a lot of listeners throughout the whole state. And uh, uh, every time I look, there's new cities uh, uh, listening again, you know. But we're the kings of the little towns. <laughs> the little towns love us. That's because that's because the little towns don't uh, get as much coverage. You know, even the newspapers and the radio stations—they're all set. You know, they're based in the bigger towns, so that's where they're going to, you know, give most of the coverage is to those schools. And it's not that they want to overlook; it's just there's not enough bodies to cover all of these little schools and, and whatnot. And so I, I'm happy to try to help fill that in, and I'm sure you are too. And, that, and it's been a ton of fun. You know, we went from Southeast Iowa being so underrepresented to now there's teams in Cedar Rapids that wish, like heck, they could get on round that radio. You know, wish they could have that kind of level of uh, of uh, thing. And I think whatever goal we were sitting out for, you know, the, was to to get some press and to to, to give these cornfield teams uh, a voice. We did that, and uh, we wanted to help uh, uh, kids uh, get recruited to college. And I, I think we're doing that, don't you? Yeah, and, I, and, you know, I saw a meme that was about fan behavior yesterday that I completely agreed with. It said, you know, that's not what high school sports is about. It was one of the points it made, you know. But, um, and, and that's right, we're not, you know, but we're, we're here to help get the names out of the kids that are out there doing well and, and uh, that maybe want to go on and do that in college or whatever. So um, I'm happy to, if, if one person listens and, and, here's a name that they might not otherwise have heard before and makes that phone call or whatever, I would consider that a success. Well, uh, we, we, we've, we've had a, a lot of great programming lately. I'd like to mention a couple of things. Uh, we did an interview with Keith Murphy, uh, and it was spectacular. And he talks about all the Des Moines High School and the, the, the uh, facilities and the, and the, the, the new multi-school uh, facility that they're building. It's a big multi-million dollar complex and uh, just everything about sports. And Round Guy, uh, he, he got us a whole bunch of interviews. Uh, uh, I interviewed uh, Jimmy Driscoll again and uh, he's going to try to get us Vita Blue. 
uh, he's friends with Vita Blue, and he's going to call him and ask him to come on Round Guy Radio. Uh, so uh, we're going to get a lot more Round Guy stuff. We're going to have a lot more stuff that's that's football, a lot more stuff that's a, that's just Southeast Iowa. You know, we just did a car show uh, uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, keep listening. Uh, we're on Patreon. So uh, we got merchandise now. So you go on to Patreon and become one of our supporters. You can get you a cup. You can get a, a, a coffee cup, or you can get you a T-shirt, or you can get you a, just a sticker if you just want to get in there. Uh, and then every three months, you get something different. You know what I mean? You, you know, it might be a, 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 a coffee cup with a different logo, or it might be a T-shirt, it might be a hoodie might be, you know, some just different change design or something, but every three months you get something else. But uh, help us out, people. Help us out and help support our our, our, uh, our sponsors. Well, Scotty, I think we talked long enough. Yeah, I'm ready to get up to uh, Oktoberfest in the Amana colonies, bud. That's, uh, in, that's in full swing, and I'll be there. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, Scott. Uh, it, it is, man. It's one of the best fall events in the state. Well, anything's got to be better than watching the Hawkeyes play, I think. Well, we may get in on some of that, too, but uh, if they don't put up some points, I can tell you right now, I'll be paying attention to just about anything else that's going on. I don't care if it's paint drying. <laughs> all right. If you like exciting football, stick around here, because we got it all at the high school level. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we're out.